0: Greetings ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this latest episode of Tales Tales from Outer Outer Space. Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY. The links to all the stories will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. Story number one, Longevity, written by Shank Cushion. The Mimidae are good folks. They're quiet, serious, hard-working little bugs, loyal to a core. Surprising depth of emotion for end people. Most insectoids meet to t- be a little, um, gold. I got stranded here sixty years ago. The Mimidae have no space tech other than the occasional derelict that comes flaming down onto the planet. They never put any of it together, and I'm not savvy enough to try. So, I was stranded for good... At first, I didn't even know what the planet was inhabited. I'd been scrounging for food on the surface, praying that whatever berry, fruit, or tuber I was wolfing down wouldn't leave me with some kind of bubbling oil slick on the grass before morning. Then I came across this field of chock full of this type of melon vines that I'd already eaten before, and I sang praises. I was on my fifth melon, they're only about the size of an apple, when I heard a quick rustling and a loud clacking behind me. I spun around to find myself facing a four-foot-tall ant standing on its rear legs, with its grossy back and its metal-tipped spear leveled at me, and the large mandibles cracked in the obvious threat. After an attempt to explain that I had suffered a crash and a mild stabbing, and maybe a bit of scuffling involved with several of the folk, I was carried bound to the matriarch. Six long decades ago, since then, I've become a major figure in the court of the Melonian dynasty. They call me the advisor. I am, to them, a living embodiment of their history, and the wisest creature in the enclave has ever encountered. Today, the matriarch found me as I sat on top of the enclave's warren hill, watching the stars. This was not Melanet, the matriarch that had first accepted me into the enclave. This was young Swittle Million, her ninth descendant replacement. She sat next to me for a moment without communicating. After a moment, her right primary arm tapped lightly on my shoulder. It would be difficult to estimate how much taps that I have felt in my lifetime. My attention secured, her simple hands began to weave in intricate signs. primary arms taking up most of the activity, the secondary arms assisting in complex points, and her lower arms generally indicating tone although I'm not sure that the Miramidae themselves were aware of the tendency. Right now, the slightly wavering, loose stance, and Lowe's limbs indicated uncertainty. Advisor, what do you see in the stars? I return, I simply spoke. Apparently, our speech is decipherable to their hearing. Their communication is at least partially based on pheromones and shared genetics, so my human ears wouldn't cut it. "'Over the years, the Enclave had developed a sign language to speak to me. "'We are still in a fair time, Matriarch. "'The stars and the dew melon have not yet crossed the dust melon, "'so the dry years will not come for several more harvests. "'The Enclave should have little to fear from them, "'due to the amount of fruit we've dried since your second ascent unit's time.' "'Sit tertiary arm still hanging at ease, she sighed. "'That's good news, General, for all of the Enclave, and for you as well.' It is. As we sat there beneath the stars, I considered the life that I'd led since my crash. First, I was curious, then the resource, then a friend, then the rest of the time I'd been an arbiter of community for the people. I knew a as Xeno you know, astronomy from the education I'd gotten prior to my life as a rerouted. I charted the local moons and constellations over the decades, and I made and piece together most of the climate in the region." Four generations previously, I correctly deduced that the reduction in some rainfall, and consequently melon harvests, was the result of a system alignment that brought our region into full light of the local star. It took two years to convince the matriarch, Melon Sentai, that the rains would indeed hold off, and that the storage would be dug to capture what did fall. I was right, though, and it was to think the enclave survived, in large part thanks to my warning." It apparently impressed Melanctha so much that her genes encoded me as part of the enclave's ancestral heritage as an invaluable resource. Each generation after that has held a remarkable reverence for my input. From the corner of my eye, I noticed Sweattle Melan's tertiary arms fidgeting again. She had a question that made her uncomfortable. I silently thanked Providence that those appendages were generally used as stabilizers and grip enhancers while climbing. "'and functioning semi-autonomously, like an octopus's tentacles. "'Apparently, in the leap to sapience, "'Pyamidea's brain began to equate thought and emotion "'as analogous to navigating tunnels, and so the limbs reacted. "'That's what I'd like to think, anyway. "'And at my age, I'm not looking to challenge the belief that works. "'What's bothering you, matriarch?' "'Switmalane glanced quickly at me, her mandibles clacking shut in surprise. "'I smiled.' If you're the arbiter of wisdom for people, you have to keep some air of mystery about yourself, and one great way to do it is to play foreknowledge. Switmalane began to sigh, somewhat slowly. Advisor, what is the lifespan of your species? It was my turn to be surprised. Generally, the Murmidae hadn't seemed to be considered that I'd die. I thought that I sort of considered like one of the old melon trees. It would just be around to provide for the indefinite future. That depends on a lot of things, matriarch. She reached into the little pouch on her side and produced a faded, dog-eared picture. It was my university photo from the year I'd been scheduled to transfer to the central facility of our school's network. Got halfway there, and an uncharted cloud of micrometeors tore through the transport ship. I managed to eject an escape pod, and I only saw the picture Randy. It was, I had been told, considered a treasure to the enclave. That's an old picture, taken a lifetime ago. Switmalane nodded and sighed. You have degraded considerably since this time. Yeah, thanks, ma'am. It is, in fact, however, your thanks is appreciated. What concerns the enclave is how much further you may degrade before you become inert. I cocked an eyebrow. It's hard to say. Depends a lot on my genes. Some of my people live well into a hundred years. Some are taken down before they're forty. Most of the time, though, we get into our mid-eighties or early nineties. "'You have reported your age as some units in the enclave as eighty-two. "'Do you anticipate your end point as being near?' "'As she said, the last bit her entire body drooped slightly. "'It was, just as with a human, a sign of sadness. "'It was rare amongst the Myrmidae. "'Usually, it was only seen upon a failure of a key crop or a death of the matriarch. "'To see it attached to my status was both sobering and deeply touching.' I took stock. I was in bed early these days, but out of bed early too. I ran out of energy faster than I did when I was a pup, but I wasn't all achy and rickety. Well, most of the time, and I hadn't been sick in years. I got a lot of activity helping with the melons and growing a few other supplemental plants in my own garden. I ate healthy. No choice there. It was pretty much fruit and veggies or nothing, and drank lots of water. Switmelon. You don't need to worry. I've seen nine iterations of your matriarch's line, and I'll see the next one as well. As I've missed your ascent units, I will miss you. As I've guided you, I will guide the descendant units. I will remain with the enclave for a good while longer. Her tertiary arms still then straightened into a pose of a reassured piece. As a meteor blazed between the stars, she attracted with her eyes all three of her left arms. It was almost childlike, and the other mermaid gathered around from the crest of the hill to watch the more meteors spread up in ash from the upper atmosphere. I felt a tap on my shoulder. This is good, in general, for the enclave and for the unit, certainly. We prosper through your years. I smiled. It wasn't like I'd chosen the life, but uh, it had been far from wasted. End of story. Story number two. War, written Amphicurius. The people of Nimgreg and Earth had been a very different experience of war. Humans are naturally aggressive and jealous. They act selfishly as individuals. The first human ever killed was prey to get meat. The second thing a human ever killed was a hunter to get the prey. Numerigrarians Numerigarians of a hive mind. Each member has a separate thoughts and feelings, but no individual could ever bring themselves to hurt a community. The first thing ever killed was a Numerigarian was an alien. It was self-defense. Humans appear to have an innate need for war. In fact, most of their history is born out of a desire to be better at war. New metals were used to construct sturdier weapons. New communication technologies were used for better direct armies in the field. Spaceflight was invented with which to launch explosives at faraway enemies. When humans went to express their intent to seriously deal with the problem, they would say that they would declare war on it. All of the history was created myriad different kinds of war— civil, interstate, nuclear, chemical— even closely related to human cultures would have vastly different concepts of war, and even different words for it, like Uloch, Krik, and Then The Nemingarian languages have the same word for war. It is a lone form of Aedian language. However, that fact that the Nemingarians did not come up with the concept of war themselves should not be taken to mean that they are shy away from it. The first Nemengarian crew to meet an alien may have asked that what a weapon was, but the second brought guns. The Nemengarians took to war like a child to a new toy. Like the debris from a supernova, their empire spread throughout the galaxy in all directions. The soldiers were said to be invincible, their feet unbeaten, and moved wherever it wanted. In the meantime, humans got better and better at war. They grew increasingly unwilling to wage it. An idea had formed amongst them. An idea born from war and simulated by it. An idea opposed to war. An idea that war is horrible. The idea quickly spread to humans of all ages, races, and nationalities, and had changed them. The inventors of weapons of mass destruction came to recoil at their own creations. Soldiers laid down their arms and refused to fight the opponents that they had not considered threats. And in the end, their leaders, who had benefited the most from war, stopped using it. By the time the humans became space bearing, they had done away with war almost completely. Throughout the galaxy, humans became known for their negotiations and traders. After all, human vessels were equipped with guns, this was known, but they never used them. Before their clash with the Nimagarians, nobody had even seen a human army. And herein lies the fundamental difference between a human and a Nemegarian experience of war. Nemegarians only fought aliens. They knew only victories. For centuries, the humans had fought themselves, and they had ample experience in defeat. Nemegarians had learned war, and they loved it. The humans had invented war, and they hated it. When the two finally met, the humans saw fellow sentience. They reached out their hand from friendship. The Nemangarians saw only weakness. They struck, and fire rained on Nemangreg for forty days and forty nights. End of story number two. Story number three. Players of Games. Written by Not-A-Hat. Four lines made nine boxes, seven sigils sat in a formation. "'Hey, boss!' The Yergluk soldier, unable to puzzle out what he was looking at, called his commander. "'There's something weird here. "'Hmm?' The second alien lowered his terminal, letting the picklock AI unsupervised for a moment. He glanced back and flicked his antenna in amusement. "'Ignore that. Maybe it's a password or something.' "'It's not.' get the graffiti and watch your proc sensors. The ventilation system was locked down minutes after count zero. Even if that experimental gas worked perfectly, there are still live humans aboard. The soldier ran a half-hearted scan and resumed his puzzling. But what is it? It's a game, the leader grunted, spindly fingers flying over the texture keys as he tried to cajole the blast doors open. The console beeped at denial. What, in the middle of a corridor? Yeah. On the wall? Yeah. "'Why? Humans like that. The commander sighed, and he reset the terminal. They'll make a game out of anything, anywhere. They are probably five pounds worth of playing cards, these little patterned plastic squares on the ship. The only thing that they used for is games. Hundreds, each with different rules. More than a nest's worth of humans, and each on their own, sat down at some point and said, "'Hey!' I've got nothing better to do with my time than make up an arbitrary rules for how to manipulate printed pictures. That sounds like an idea. Makes any sense to you? That's the stupidest thing I've heard yet. Right. Give a human a piece of string and they'll play a game with it. Give them some pebbles and they'll play a game. Give them a sharp tool and some corridor wall. He waved his scratches and they'll play a game. No wonder we're gonna win. Yep. The prune human thumbed the safety of his rifle and peered at the slats in the ventilation duct as a gas mask optics zoomed in, giving him a close-up of the far end of the corridor. Nah, yeah, I see two. Looks like, um, he stared at the distant aliens. They're arguing over a game of tic-tac-toe. His earpiece whistled. No worries. Give me a sec. He eyed the angles and raised his gun. Ten bucks is one shot. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you did, please consider supporting the author from the link down below. Otherwise, if you wish to support this channel, there are numerous ways to do so, like liking, subscribing, and possibly even becoming a patron. Otherwise, the easiest way would be to share. And until the next video, I hope that you all have a good one, and I'll see you then. Cheers.